0: Hello and welcome to Funny Business, the podcast for freethinkers. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. And on today's episode, we have the man, the myth, the magician, Lucas Kogaki. And uh, oh my God, he, he was at our uh, launch party, Big Social Club launch party in Melbourne a month and a bit ago. And we hired him because we get into it in the chat, so I won't uh, ruin it. But what an epic
1: episode. I feel like this is the second time he's blown my mind now, you know, in real life seeing it happen and then hearing the story but like i just feel like i love the doing the pod when we get to talk to people who have made careers out of like just doing different shit and like building skill sets and things and like getting into it you know i love magic
0: no this is the thing for you you've always been obsessed with magic ever since you got your first wand and you were waving it in front of your little pecker saying grow 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 and it
1: never did anyway enjoy this episode Lucas, thank you so much for jumping on and chatting today on the Funny Business Podcast. For those at home listening, tell us, who are you and what do you do?
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my name's Lucas Kogaki. I'm a 23-year-old full-time magician. I travel the country doing all sorts of events from corporate weddings, birthdays, celebrity events, gala shows, and everything in between.
0: 23, bro. That's young as. We, obviously, we had you at our Dream Big Social Club launch party in Melbourne uh, about a month ago, a bit over a month now um and i actually looked up i googled because we're like we need a fucking magician how cool would that be at launch party and i just googled sexiest and best magician in australia <laughs> yeah. and lucas kogagi just popped up and i said yeah you know They're my main at? keywords
2: on my google ads yeah <laughs>
0: yeah i thought so and i saw that you were doing um you've done something with uh what's his name mike from logan paul yeah mike podcast. malik yeah, yeah 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 yeah
2: yeah so he was here in melbourne uh Two months ago now something like that um, with a couple of other YouTubers sort of from America and from Australia and they all came to a club that I have a hand in sort of running doing magic at and um, sort of got to chatting with him and did some magic for him and then came again to our other night on the Saturday and I was sitting in this small sort of five by five room with him and a couple other YouTubers for like three hours doing magic and drinking it was a lot of fun.
1: Man, I feel like when you like, as Locke said, you, when you did our launch party, I could see people's minds, ours included, but their minds being blown yeah. from you doing this, and like to be so young and be like so charismatic and be able to like learn the skill of captivating people, the and art engaging them. Charm people, and distraction.
0: Oh, it's just plenty yeah. of, A of wonderstone, baby. How did your the char- the char- is- charm's the
1: easy part? how did how did your interest in this stuff like start?
2: So I was fourteen when I started. Learning and doing magic, so I was—I um, was always the kid that had a new hobby every two weeks. So whatever the latest craze was, whether it was Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, tech decks, whatever it was, Lion I King. always
1: bring something. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm neither confirming or denying that.
0: Um, I, was, I went through a plank stage. Locke would have loved it, huh? I was doing them ones on the, on the, on the bricks and <laughs> that, yeah. I'm not
2: going to lie, you cut out and the P got confused with another letter. So we'll just... Ah, uh...
0: oh, you thought you said wanking as a hobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, well, where's this podcast going? No, nah, it's
2: R-rated. It's nah, the planking, yeah. That, anyway. I think that when I was like in year eight, that's when that started happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the planking with the P. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just, anyway... Uh, Anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, So, you know, and then I was 14 when I first discovered magic. So I was uh, on YouTube one night and this, uh, this recommended video comes up, uh, interactive card trick works through the screen. And I go, okay, whatever. So I clicked on it. This guy holds up five cards and he goes, think of one. I go, sure. Takes one card out of the deck, turns the others over. And the card I was thinking of was gone. And I was like, how the hell does that work? Like, Maybe if I was here with you, you could look at my eyes or something. But this is through a screen. This shouldn't work. And I'm frivolously scrolling through the comments, trying to figure out how the hell this thing worked. Nothing. And it did my head in for like two weeks. And I kept forgetting about it and then remembering it. And it was a cycle. And then I was at uh, school one day doing history in the library at lunchtime. And I was looking for a book. And I see 101 self-working card tricks, right? And I said, screw it, borrowed it very rudimentary, right? So uh, mathematical, count this number of cars, do this, it will work type of thing. And I get to a page and I see the trick that the guy did on the YouTube video in the book and I go, that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But something so simple caused me such a profound reaction for two weeks. I found that very interesting. And then from there, it sort of just, I'd learn and I'd practice and then I'd start borrowing more books about sleight of hand and One day I decided to sort of bring the cards to school and I go, this is going to work one of two ways, right? They're either going to belt the shit out of me or they're going to love it. And luckily for me, they loved it. Everyone's screaming, running around, telling their their friends that they've got to come see the tricks that I do. Same thing for the next couple of days. And then one day I didn't bring the cards to school and all the kids are like, where are your cards? I go, I left them at home. They go, why? I go, I don't know. I just did. So since that day, I've never left the house without a deck of cards.
0: Oh, I love that. That's crazy. Yeah. So you've always, what about doves? Up the sleeve or up the bum? Where no, does that go?
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Don't do anything like that. I try to stay away from all the cliche type of magic um, and keep it very contemporary and, and more conversational because I feel like that sort of resonates better with, you know, a modern audience. I think everyone knows with the rabbits and the, the doves and the, the top hats and the red balls and, I don't know, it's it's all very cliche and it just, that's not me as a performer. So I just try to stay as far away from that as, physically possible
1: when you started doing the tricks when you you, yeah. you you got into it you got the book and then you're like oh people like these d-. what are going to take us maybe to the early days of how you maybe delivered your trick book delivered the yeah. tricks versus how it's evolved and what you do now
2: yeah look it was always, it was more of a rudimentary sort of uh i don't want to say algorithm but sort of step by step back in the day like you'd learn the trick and then you'd just be trying your very best not to screw it up right you'd be concentrating on every step and Make sure you do this at this time, this at that time. And most of the performance is more so just directional on, okay, make sure you do the trick correct and get them to play along. And I think the main thing that magic is isn't necessarily the tricks. I think that's maybe 10%. I think it's the, it's the effect that you leave on somebody. It's the, it's the memory and the emotions that you give them based on that trick and the, in that moment of time where you're taking them out of their own head for a minute. That is more important. So I think over the years it's been a matter of learning how to sort of have the magic there, and obviously sort of have that as the uh, as the vehicle, but add in all the all the ideas and thoughts and and the the actual journey itself as to what I want to take them on. I think just the trick itself is just the vehicle for that. And so I've spent the last nine years trying to learning how to communicate better, take somebody on a journey, whether I want to take them. Down a certain road, making them think I've screwed up, or whether that's making them feel a a specific emotion—happiness, joy, sadness, whatever that is. So, yeah, it's more of a matter of what uh, the presentation, more so than the trick itself.
1: You must love the part where now, because you've done so many so so many times, or performed so much, is that you know when the reactions coming for these people, and you're like, you're obviously trying to keep a straight face, but I feel like. That would be something I'd be I'd love. Well, the best know? the
0: best is when I thought you fucked up at the yeah, and I was like, this guy he gave me the wrong card, and, and, he, I, and but I'm like, you know exactly, and I'm like, this is, and he's a prick, mate. Have we would, caught him on a bad day? <laughs> yeah,
2: no. So like, and again, that there's this saying uh, in magic, and it's probably the out of all the magic history and um, theory that I've ever read, the one that rings true the most is. A magician isn't a magician. A magician is an actor playing the role of a magician, which basically means that I'm not, you guys are smart enough to know that I don't have superpowers, right? This is all sleight of hand psychology, uh, understanding how people think and it's a culmination of mixing and matching them to create an effect. And that's where the acting comes in. You've got to sort of play the role. It's like when you thought I, I stuffed up, it was because I made you feel that way. And that's sort of like that emotional rollercoaster that I was talking about before, like, it's it's easy to just say is this your card? No, oh okay, here it is. But that's not as powerful as making you think and feel. Oh shit! Like you felt really bad. You are like you screwed it up. And then when you change that emotion, like it's 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 like going from hot to cold water. It's it's um it's profound almost in the sense of the shock in your body going straight straight from one emotion to another. It's a very uh, it's a very strange feeling. I'm sure you sort of felt that when you experienced it.
0: Oh, bro. I, I love it. And the fact that you, do you, when you, when you walk into a room, you kind of like a chameleon. I, I suppose like when we speak to DJs, like the best in the world, they always say they just read the room. So they, they'd walk in and they go, Oh, they seem. if I'm at this type of event, they might think a certain way like this. I can definitely, if I, cause I think if you're in a room full of intellects, like we thought or cool creators and stuff that we're trying to bring you like, well, I know that they're going to think they're too smart for this and you know what I mean? Like, you Yeah, need, look, like, you have that I've reason. done this
2: for a very long time and the way that I describe it is I sometimes give talks about sort of how to, how to influence people in, in a sort of business sense and I call it the archetype. So every sort of person falls into a, an archetype, a mainframe of a character, if you will, and if you sort of get really good at labelling people into a certain archetype based on how they present, how they talk, Nine times out of ten, you're usually right with the judgment of them. And then from there, they all have different sort of methods of thinking. Like people who think they're really smart typically aren't, right? And you can sort of use that against them, whereas somebody who's just easygoing, you've got to take that a different direction. The sceptic versus the the person on the other side who doesn't want to know are very, very different in the in regards to how you approach them. Um, you can deliver the same effect, but you just got to sort of uh, take a different pathway sometimes.
1: Why do you think people get angry? You know, like I'm sure, Alia, like, like I'm angry, I'm confused, I don't know how you did that. Like why do you think that? You've pulled the wool over me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I think
1: everyone internalises magic
2: differently. Like some people think it's a challenge and, and they get upset when they can't figure it out because they think it's like, um, the one thing I never want to sort of come across when I'm performing is like, look at me, I know something you don't, I'm better than you. and I, And I've tried very hard my whole life to sort of, tread the water very carefully, walk that tight rep, never fall to the wrong side of it. And I think that's why a lot of people get angry at magic because they think, oh, well, you did something I didn't know and, and that's unfair. Whereas, I mean, and I have no problem with that. Like, I always say I don't care how somebody reacts because that's not for me to tell them how to do so. That's, you know, that's their own personal experience and journey and I and I have no, no right to tell them how they should feel or react to, to what I present. And that's why it's always interesting because you never sort of know the reaction like even though i could do the same trick a thousand times even a hundred times in a night it doesn't it, it's always a different reaction even if people are screaming the way that they scream is different and it, it, it sounds weird right but one person screaming and another person screaming can mean two different things in their in their perception of their reality like one could say that's unbelievable and crazy i can't control my emotion and the other one's screaming because they're angry they don't understand how the hell it worked so it's sort of for me it's it's interesting sort of in my own head figuring out okay why is this person screaming okay that's interesting they've taken it this way they've taken it that way and then from there you sort of like plan what you're going to do next with them
0: what about like group dynamics so is it better to have like a small crowd because you do get them different reactions where if you're doing it one on one they might just be it might be totally different you know so yeah look, it, other people feed off other people's reactions too and they're going what the always f-? yeah so they're going yeah, oh they, look, it they're depends, a though.
2: like some, honestly there's, there's no right answer to that sometimes if you isolate somebody one on one, they could have a much more profound reaction because they don't feel like they've got any eyes on them, and their their reaction is is more true to them. Whereas, it can go the other way too. You can some, have somebody one on one, and they feel a little bit like if they're more of an introverted person, they don't feel as um as comfortable having a human interaction, right? So they sort of conserve it, and they'll go home and start thinking about that reaction more so than having it in in the present moment. So it look it, everyone's different, and sort of the dynamic of the group can definitely impact whether one person reacts or whereas another. Um, but it's also, sort of, like I said, it's like that, it's the it's the balancing act of trying to figure out where to, where the line is and who's going to go on which side of it and, and then you can sort of figure out the material from there.
1: Hey, can we re- rewind back a little bit? You mentioned like starting at school, bringing the cards in, doing tricks. How did that move from... I'm alright at this. I'm taking, going through my paces. I'm still thinking about the tricks to fuck it. I want to, I want to make this a like, oh, career. Life. Like yeah. I wanna I, I want a career in magic. Yeah, look,
2: I think especially in today's day and age, everyone uh, with the question of identity, everyone tries to get away from. You know, like, I'm a magician, right? People call me the magician, and a lot of people don't like that for their own. Whether they're in marketing or whether they're, you know, uh, the rubbish collector. They might not like the title that's associated with them. They say, "No, I'm my own person. I do this, I do that, I do the other." I think if you own, you know, what society decides to look at you as, and if you own that, you, it's a little bit, it's more powerful. So, when I was younger, I sort of tried to fight it. No, I'm not just the magician. I'm Lucas. So I play soccer. I'm uh, I'm Greek. I love this, and I love I love reading. You know what I mean? And you try to throw too much out there, but the day that I accepted yeah you know what no I am the magician right I have all this other amazing qualities and and stuff that I do but at the core of it like that's that's who I am I'm the magician and that's that day was I was in year 10 and this is sort of like the butterfly my butterfly effect I was in year 10 I was in math class and I had a teacher that I really didn't get along with pull me up after class now mind you in class in every class I'd always have my cards in my hand, fiddling, shuffling, practicing, right? That's how I got good because I had so much time to, to get that muscle memory in. Uh, he stopped me after class, held me back, and he said, Lucas, we're going to have a serious talk. I go, what's going on? He goes, you're not going to go anywhere in life by shuffling cards all day. It's not going to happen. We're going to have a serious chat about your future. And it was the moment, like, when authority challenges you, sometimes you've got two options. You can roll over or you can sort of just say no. So I looked at him straight in the eyes. I go, watch me. And... Like, don't get me wrong, got detention, did not go well for me. But it was that moment that I said, you know what, like I've stood up to him now, I've stood up to the authority and I'm going to prove it. I don't know whether I was trying to prove it to myself or to other people. Like I haven't figured that out yet, but it worked.
1: That's nuts, man. Oh, well, let's get into some really of the like other that. stuff you, you mentioned. You like. you, you're into soccer, you like reading your Greek heritage. You're like what does family mean to you guys?
2: Oh, family is absolutely everything in in Forget about my culture because I think in a lot of people's culture it is. But for me, my family is my rock. They're always the ones there for me. Like, and that's extended to my, my aunties, my uncles, my cousins. Like that's the sort of backbone that when everything else in your life is has turned to shit, you can always sort of rely on them just for, you know, to be your North Star and just to, to guide you in the right direction. Um, but you know, family for me is everything.
0: You'd be pretty popular at all the events, I, I suppose, like all the cousins and shit are just like, yeah. show so us the new one, what are you working on this year and stuff like that. Yeah, Did yeah, you have to yeah. do it for family too? I feel like it's almost like... I'll be like, practising on it and that'd be I, the harshest...
2: I'm off judgment. the clock. I'm off <laughs> the clock. Sometimes it is like, look, sometimes you're just like, no, you know what, like I'm, I'm with you guys, I'm not here to work. But at the end of the day, I don't care. Like, I love doing what I do and, and most of the time it's not for them. Like they, they've seen everything. It's They want to show their friends and their extended people... And it's not because they just want to say, oh, look, that's my cousin. It's Lucas. He does the magic. It's people like watching other people react to what they've reacted to. Now, yeah, know I've said react like six times in that sentence, but it's the only way. We've done structure- the same
0: thing, bro. You t- you showed us the trick and we're grabbing people next to us going, hey, you need to see this one. And, and Yeah, because it's your- almost
2: like validity, like just to make sure that your own psyche is like reacting the correct way. You want to make sure everyone else has that same reaction. Um, but no, I, I, look, sometimes you feel like you're off the clock, but... For me, I am I know I'm in an industry where it's like, for example, if you're a doctor, right, and you're walking down the street and somebody asks you what you do and you say I'm a doctor, they're not going to ask you to diagnose them on the, in the middle of the street. But as soon as they find out you're a magician, it's always show me a trick, which can be tiring, but I've learned to just love it. Like you can either fight that or you can just accept it. And more good has come from me saying yes to, to doing magic for people, even sometimes when I'm not in the mood to then then anything bad could ever come
0: from it you're making your it's your life you know what I mean it's like well, it I want to, I'm want i excited about doing what I do because I genuinely love it and I think like it's people love like routine but they also love surprises yeah so when you're it's a surprise to you you've done the same shit a million times but you get all these different emotions like you said how do you how did you study that is it YouTube is it psychology because you mentioned there's all these different aspects yeah how you um, you know br- bridging the gap between magic and mm. business you know what I mean like what is so, the psychology yeah
2: yeah look I, and I think that's a very interesting journey that I had and that was sort of unique to me because I didn't necessarily read too many psychological books don't get me wrong I've read books on body language and, and stuff that helped me in my day-to-day work but as a kid I, I could never read a room like I had a really good knack for always picking the wrong moment to to say or do something or was just try to do magic, it was always the wrong time. Um, and I think it was just a journey of me sort of once I, you know, hit the age of 17, 18, was moving out of school into the real world, it was sort of learning how to navigate social dynamics in a sense that I could do better than I did the last time. And from there, like when you're conscientious about something like that, you tend to pick up a lot more than if it's just a natural Thing to you. Don't get me wrong. Now it's absolutely like the back of my hand, natural, because I've done it for so long. But also I've had a natural, like my mum's a psychologist. So understanding how to how to think and and to to communicate and to listen is sort of something that I grew up understanding. Um, but it just took me a bit longer to start putting it into effect.
1: Oh, that's sick. What about from a learning perspective? Like we've had a bunch of athletes and stuff on the pod, and the easy analogy is like they would watch film or look up to certain people and be like, I want to play like such and such. Is it did did you did have you... Harry Houdini on the wall? You
2: know, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I never, never for me, had a had a role model in magic or had any specific magician that I sort of aspired to be like because and, and I think that worked to my benefit because it's very easy, especially in magic, because it's such a, a small world, right? Where there's not there's not too many uh, people to look up to, to sort of become a replica of that person, and, and to say oh, I want to be like him, so I'm going to do this trick, I'm going to do like I'm going to dress like him, I'm going to talk like him. It, that's very easy to sort of fall down that rabbit hole. Um, don't get me wrong, there were there were people I looked up to and I was inspired by, and I, I love the way that they performed and presented. But I thought I think maybe I've taken key aspects out of that and sort of. Cherry picked and made sort of my own mirage of, of different people that I've enjoyed watching and um, sort of made that me in, the, in, in that sense. But I take a lot of my inspiration outside of magic. So whether that's a, a book I read or a movie I watch or a song that I listen to, I think there's sort of magic all around us. And and I don't say that in a cliche way, but like for me, I describe magic as, as the lost emotion. Like you know when you're angry, you know when you're sad, but you also know when something magical is happening because you feel it right here in your gut you know it like whether you're watching a disney movie and there's something you can't necessarily explain because there's all this there's all these emotions working in unison and i feel like that's the magic um so whenever i feel that i sort of make a mental note and say why okay what what about this has caused me to feel this way and how can i use this in in what i do to sort of give that um and share that experience with the people that i'm you know in front of and performing for
1: that's a sick segue because the thing I was, I was about to ask you before is like we mentioned like the skeptics or people who get like grumpy or angry, like let's get into the people who genuinely believe magic is real. And like, is it easier to get those people into that state that you're talking about? Like, do you prefer working with people who are coming in there going, fuck, I want to be, blow my fucking mind, bro. You know, like blow Sometimes it.
2: I I actually don't have any preference for any of the archetypes that I mentioned before, because they all present a different challenge, and at the end of the day, you can all you get basically all of them to the same point. Um, so for me, I look. Don't get me wrong. There's some people who are just like, all right, I love magic. Show me something. You're like, cool, mad. I love the energy. Let's do it, right? And it's, Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's a bit easier um, than the people who's like, oh, I don't know, magician I'm skeptical. Because look, magic has a, a lot of bad connotations, and it always has, like with pickpockets and being dishonest and and shifty and the con men. And you sort of got to spend your first five minutes sort of showing them that you're not that um, and you've got to bring their wall down. But other than that, no, I I love doing it for everyone. Like, it does not matter who you are, what your reaction is, whether you love or hate magic, I will still perform with the same enthusiasm for you. Like, it's just because I have a a sickness for it. I love it.
0: I love that. So what about the other people who have a sickness for it? You mentioned it's a small sort of world. How many... Hmm magicians are there around and like deers catch up and do tricks on each other and, <laughs> you, you know, know just th- like a- for example, like for us, we have other people in different industries that we draw from in the same and we go, we catch up and talk about shit, you know. Do you have something like that?
2: Yeah, there's there's definitely a, don't, don't get me wrong, it's not like huge, but there's a magic community, especially here in Melbourne. Um, and I, when I was growing up, there was always like little shows that you do together and you'd practice and you'd go to lectures together and I, lectures basically when they get a bigger magician from uh you know somewhere some other country to come in and, and teach magic and theory um but look not so much anymore i've sort of not decided to stay away from that in any sense but i've just sort of taken my own path um more so down the performing route like i've i've lost not that i've lost i don't think i ever had the love for everything magic when it comes to the, the technique and and the learning and this and that for me that's so secondary to the absolute purpose of of the performing and the, the sharing of the experience so for no other reason other than i just enjoy performing more than i like talking about magic itself um i've yeah i've sort of not not stayed away but yeah not not gone down that route too much
0: i think you're yeah, like you you're sort of what i'm picking up what you're putting down kind of thing is like you're just learning as you as you're going and if you shift too much in a similar path or stay on that path you can't really Be it's harder to be yourself and be authentic because it's like if you listen to the same music all the time, you're gonna probably when you create your own one, it's probably gonna be different versions of that, isn't it?
2: Absolutely right, and it's like the same thing. If you only listen to like one podcast, for example, and that's the only voice inside your head that you're hearing, your views are gonna absolutely just tend to be very, very similar to the person that you choose to listen to, right? Whereas if you look take from a million different kettles of fish and you put it in, you've got certain ideas from one person to another. It's like that mirage I was talking about. Like, there's, there's a saying that you're a mirage of everyone that you've ever met. So, you know, my, my dad has X amount of me. My mum has X amount of me. The guy I met down the street for 10 minutes and I had a conversation with has a certain part that of me is him. Like it's, you, you take everything from somebody, whether that's the way they smile, the way they treat people. And you, you know, and it's subconscious. You learn a, you, you learn to love how somebody interacts with somebody or does something a certain way and you just tend to, to take that on board and start doing it yourself.
0: bro that's how we feel with the podcast having done like 700 episodes, 280 guest episodes we feel like it's learning on hypersteroids and whether it's subconsciously or, or not you know whether we're thinking about it now and learning stuff or it's just we know it's ingrained in our brain there's something that's said like like you said it's your a mirage you know
1: it's a bit of energy that's true. Like yeah,
0: input like- lots of input you know Yeah, absolutely.
1: Hey, well, let's get into. I want to hear your opinion on like magic. Been around for Rob loves magic forever. You know Rob, what I mean? Like, yeah. If you go back, if you go back in history, it's like people write things about it for as long as time has existed. Well, the first
2: recorded, uh, well, the first recording of magic, it's actually a hieroglyph on the pyramids. So okay. you know the, the the cup and the ball where they move them around. You got to follow where it is. That's there's a hieroglyph of that on the pyramids in Egypt.
1: I feel like that's like. Why do you think something? Like, what is it about magic? I don't know, like, for me, it's like I like the feeling of being wowed. It's like that thing you said, it's the feeling. The lost feeling. But there's there's lots of ways that it happens. Like sometimes it might just be in a general day, and you're like, you can feel something It's like you feel something in the air, and something good's about to happen, or like you're, I don't know, not on a hot streak, but like that yeah. that vibe of
0: things Trying to capture the essence of all the moving parts and the emotion. Yeah,
1: look, I think the reason magic
2: has has lasted for as long as it has is because as humans we're on an ever a never-ending quest for discovery of of truth and fact right whereas magic is the complete opposite it it just baffles you it takes you out of your own head for a minute and it it it, look it's funny because magic is is a lot of science right it's it's discovery of a certain topic uh, a certain theory right that you can put it into practice, and you just do it in a certain way that it creates a, a feeling of wonder and, and, and mystery. Whereas it's simply truth. Like there's nothing that I do that is that is false or magical. It's it's all fact and and truth, but it's presented in a way that it's the opposite of of the of what it is. So oh, I love that. Yeah. So for example, right? For me to do a card trick, for you to pick one, remember it, put it back, and I find it. The only way that that is truly accomplishable is by some method of finding where the card is. Like, you know, the, the simplest answer of how the trick would work is typically the fundamental of the truth of how it works. So if I find your card, I have to have found your card. There's nothing magical about that. But, it had, but you do it in such a way that somebody can't explain and the little tinker in your brain goes, oh, well, I can't explain it. It's magic. And I think it, it magic's more important today than it ever has been because there's so much, there's so much shit going on in the world that and everyone's got so much in their head that they like, you know, there's so much anxiety and depression and mental health that if you can take somebody out of their own head for five minutes, I think that's the greatest gift you can ever give someone. And I'm just so pleased that I can do that every day.
1: You're like Liam Neeson from Taken, you know, you got, you got <laughs> a certain specific set of skills, but what about when they transfer to the real world? Like when like use your your skills to join the dark side. As you do things like you mentioned side of hand and like the negative connotations around it. Because you you are, you're developing a lot of things. It's, well, how did you explain it before? It's like, okay. it's, not, it's like, it's just the art of deception and all sorts of stuff. Do you, have you ever got away with anything? You know, like. Yeah. Um, I don't, you don't do frame yourself. I don't know <laughs> what it is. No, like Give us a couple when of examples of, of what can you I'll, do?
2: It's not that I've ever stolen or, or ever like, you know, willfully deceive somebody in a way that's going to negatively impact them. But like I said, it's more sort of communication thing. Like if you know how somebody's tending to think, right, and that's not saying I'm reading your mind, but if I sort of know that because I've done this for so long and I can read you as a person within two minutes of meeting you, and I know how you think, I can sort of take a conversation in a certain way that I know that will. Not benefit me more than it would have, but I can I can talk to you in a way that you'll understand and you'll appreciate it more, right? And I can sort of get my ideas across in a less defensive way. Um, so I think it's more like in a day to day, like just communicating with people, you get much better at it. Um, obviously, through what I do, like I'm, you know, you go to events where you have to entertain a thousand people. You got to talk to them, stop them, and and you know, just genuinely converse with them you ha- you just learn how to talk to people better and how to uh, communicate your ideas more clearly
0: i love that bro like you mentioned earlier the presentation it's the sequencing it's the things and like adapting on the fly yes. like you have to be yeah ha- it feels like you have to be a social person like you have to really like like you were saying put yourself in uncomfortable situations and and read it and, and do all that stuff but what have been your favorite moments so far you mentioned mike off the start of that might be one of them but is there any other ones that you've just been like this is, I can't believe I'm in the same room as these people and they're loving what I'm doing.
2: Yeah, look, I did I did an event, uh, Poker with the Stars, last year in April. And that was, it was a charity poker event where basically every Australian icon and sporting star and news presenter all in one room. And they had me walking around and I'm like, I was like a kid in a candy shop. I'm like, I know you, I know you, I'm going to get you, you're next. It was like, that was awesome. That was so much fun. Um, but, like, I've done I've, I've done so many things and, and I've done a lot of notable people. And I've done a lot of sports stars and I've done a lot of celebrities. But for me, it doesn't matter who you are. It's like I don't care. It's, as long as I can just have a genuine conversation with you and, and show you something that's amazing, like, I it does not bother me whether you're, you're Instagram famous or you're, you know, Johnny from down the street. It does not bother me.
0: Well, how do you learn and keep up as a magician? Are you YouTube and – Well, like, how do how do you learn? Like, how do you read books? You mentioned theory. Yeah, so
2: like- I, I have an analogy that I give. So the way that I, like you learn magic, so it's like this: Imagine you uh, you're a woodworker, right, or you're you're a handyman. You like to build stuff, and you have a you have a workshop to start off with, but you got no tools, you got no timber, you got nothing. You can't build anything, right? But then you say, "I want to get into it." So I'm going to learn. Um, and same with magic. So. You buy a hammer, you buy a saw, you buy a couple pieces of wood and some nails. You can build whatever you can build with those tools. Those tools are, are your fundamentals and magic. So the sleight of hand, the psychology, then knowing how to manipulate the cards, right? Then you say, I'm really enjoying this. I'm going to buy a Dremel. I'm going to buy a um, a power saw. I'm going to buy a hot glue gun. You know I mean? You, you build, you get all these new tools, right? Same thing with magic. You learn all these new skills until one day you have, every tool under the sun you've got all the uh the material at your disposal you can build anything as long as you can creatively think of what that is that you would like to build once you've learned everything in magic in in the sense of skills it's all right what's the trick what's the effect i want to create now all right which tool do i need to to make it so it's look there's a lot of magic that you read in books and there's a lot of old magic that I perform with sort of my new spin on it. But there's also things that I've created and, and that I've, you know, put together in a, in a certain way that no one else does it that way. And, you know, I'm sort of the only person on earth who does it, which is a crazy thing to think about. And you just, um, it, look, I, the way I do it is I think of the effect first. Think of what's the emotion that I want to bring across? What's the, what's the feeling I want to leave them with? And then, what's the vehicle? What's the trick to sort of get them there? And you work your way backwards.
1: What about inspiration from a, as a performer? Like, who do you look up to? Who are some other people Did that you, you try and
0: saw yourself in half at any point? <laughs>
1: no, <but> like side <laughs> hey, sort of magic. Like you, yeah. you mentioned before, you're into lots of stuff. What else? What gives you? Where do you draw inspiration from? Yeah, um,
2: look, there's two main magicians that I'd say like I, I loved growing up, and I've taken most inspiration from one's david blaine and the other one's Darren brown so most of you will know who david blaine is a u.s magician most famous for his close-up and his stunts and stuff like that the other one's Darren brown he's massive in the uk he's hands down my favorite performer of all time like him on stage his stage presence is is unmatched in my opinion uh he does a lot of like the psychological magic which is sort of um where i've stemmed a lot of you know creativity from that from so there's like the mind reading influencing people the hypnosis so like i said i haven't taken everything from one and everything from the other i've just sort of picked certain key points that i like from all of them and sort of merged it into you know me
1: where do you want to take this you mentioned it like uh, 23 that young know. as bro yeah. are you born 98 or something huh? 99
0: that's, that's insane! Right. Was so much life. I was dancing the
1: Backstreet Boys then. Huh? Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. no, that too much. No, 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 that's but seriously, like, so young, so being able to do so much already. Where, where do you see this going? Where, what, what is life like? What are your goals? I'm okay. gonna be
2: the best magician and the most known magician in the entire world.
1: I like that. Yeah, yeah. And how's that happen though? Like, what are you like? Do you, I'm sure that you have got things like we were saying before, like athletes. You can see a pathway. Like soccer, you mentioned before, you're into soccer. You're good at soccer. You get into uh, I don't know some a sort pathways, of program. pathways program. Someone looks at your scout comes in, You're all right. You know it's too bad. Come train here. Get a contract. And what does go. that look like? Yeah, what does it look like? So
2: you? look, they say success comes when preparation and opportunity meet. I'm prepared, so it's just a matter of opportunity. So it's it's I just put myself in front of as many people as humanly possible, I'm just waiting for the right person to see. Um, and I'm I'm confident that when they do that, they'll love you know, me as a performer because I I work so hard at it. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that if I get the opportunity, I'll take it and I'll run with it. So it's just a matter of just getting myself in front of as many people as possible and just performing and loving it and and not caring about the results sort of type of thing. And, you know, that's where I think the majority of my success has come from, just putting myself in, in, in positions that could be challenging or that could, you know, govern no result but um you just do it anyway and, and sometimes something great happens from it sometimes nothing happens from it but yeah it's just a matter of just keep grinding in the sense of leaving, and, space yeah, leaving space for opportunity
0: yeah leaving space for opportunity like when you've probably like how we found it is just like making it up as we go along you know there's no real pathway but it's like there's yeah, certain well- directions and there's certain little mini goals that we chase after but it's like sometimes if you just commit to something and you don't move, it's like you can get stuck there for so long and it's like you don't want that.
2: Just always keep moving. Like, I mean, there, there could be a million different pathways. At the end of the day, you're, you're at the same destination. Look, some are going to be quicker than others, but, you know, I mean, unless somebody's mapped it out for you, which in my industry hasn't really been, there's, there's no map for it. There's no there's no correct way to go. It's just a matter of just keep moving. Like, you know, keep trading water, don't drown, and you'll get there eventually.
0: What about like platforms like social media platforms like TikTok and Instagram mm. and stuff and showing off what you're doing? You know, like I love your Instagram where you show the tricks and you have the the people there, you can see the reactions. What went into the thought behind the content strategy around you?
2: Yeah, so I, when I was like 16, I was like posting just videos in my room, like just doing a trick to the camera. And my parents go, Lucas, you've got to stop doing that. I go, why? What's wrong with that? They go, because Nobody cares like nobody cares about the trick they care about the reaction and i go that's so true so everything that i post and everything that i all the content that i drive is is so much less about me and more about the people watching like you'll always notice in most of my videos it's never the camera on me like it's not the pop of the audience it's the pop of me almost and it's about people want to see other people react like i mentioned before so like you see, me a, you see me at an event, right? You follow me on Instagram. You want to see how other people are reacting to the same things that you've reacted to. You know what I mean? All right, who's he doing magic for this time? Where, where What events here? That's more interesting than, oh, what tricks he's doing? I, I could show you a million different tricks, and at the end of it, you're not going to remember 80% of them. But I could do it for 100 people, and you're going to remember the reaction of almost every one of them. So I think people react better to people than they do, you know, inanimate objects um so yeah that's always been sort of my strategy when producing media it's always about who's it for where's it at and and what's the what's the context around it
1: the question we ask all our guests a bit of a mental health bomb what do you turn to when you're looking to get some energy back in your life
2: um it depends like i'm a very extroverted person like i love socializing i love talking to people I love being out i love having people around me I, i feed off that bit and i sort of hit a certain point every now and again where i'm just mentally drained like especially doing so many events that it's you're you're on for you know two three hours and you're you're socializing you're performing you've always had, you've got to put smile on you know sometimes you burn out for me that just comes down to just a bit of rest and recovery just sort of backing away from everyone leaving the phone sort of in the drawer for a couple of days just resting not caring about you know anything external and just taking the moment to myself to sort of just rejuvenate a little bit of, uh, of energy.
0: What's your favourite soccer club, soccer team? Do you follow the sport?
2: Yeah, I'm a big Manchester United fan um, at the moment, which is a bit painful. Um, but, yeah, like so I, I've played soccer since I was like six years old. I uh, stopped this year and I just picked up golf. So I've been playing golf for, for about eight, nine months now, and I love that as well. So I watch a lot of the golf. Um, but, yeah.
0: Can you make it disappear in the hole? Sometimes, <laughs> just,
1: just I had like, a dollar for free.
2: everyone that's asked me that. I'd be a rich man. No, nah, look, I, I can, but that's cheating. So you know, and golf's a game of integrity.
0: So you're only cheating yourself.
1: Life's Lock, got limited integrity. Isn't no it? integrity,
0: especially in that two-player scramble thing. There's a few. <laughs> if, it's, if it's under a little uh, bit of grass or something, I'm putting it on top of it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean? Okay, you're like, preferring like,
1: the lie. Hey, we're, we're halfway through the year. What are you excited about for the rest of the year? Um, look, this uh, this is the part of my year that's
2: quiet, which is good because I need it because from here on out, it is absolutely mayhem with events. Uh, obviously, leading into the end of the year, I am inundated with end of year functions, Christmas parties and everything in between. So a bit of R&R right now is much needed because until the end of December, I'm going to probably do anywhere from like 90 to 100 events.
0: And do you do you make new tricks when when you're on sort of tour and you're doing that thing, or do you come up with the new stuff, or what? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Like, look, how does how does it work?
2: Look, I um, the my, I'm most creative when I'm actually in the environment. Like, it's going to sound strange, but for all of my shows, I've never rehearsed. Like, I've got a sort of, I've got my set list. I've got the things that I need to say. And I've got them sort of down. I've got the, the skeletal muscles, if you will. But then everything else in between, like, it has to be natural. Like I can't, I don't function well just trying to rehearse to a camera or anything like that. I, it's, it's so unnatural for me. For me, when I'm, you know, in the deep water, that's when I swim the best. So I come up with a lot of my tricks even when I'm working. Like if something's gone wrong, it's okay. Now shit, how do I how do I fix it right? And sometimes, you know, being in a in a, in a pickle you come up with something that's unbelievably better than what you're initially going for so a lot of the stuff that i've created have just been out of out of necessity like you'll be stuck with somebody like yeah that's cool but can you do this and you're like I- i'm a smart ass i always say yes even if i i have no idea i'll say yes and i'll figure out the way within five minutes to do it because i'm like a dog at a bone when it comes to to a challenge like that
0: so i like um, that bro that's sick so it's like yeah it's it's just like and I feel like you saying, people saying, no, you can't or no, you can. And then just having the confidence to figure it out. It's like it releases a different chemical in your brain that yeah. gets that, that magic out of you. Like
2: that's, when I'm told that I bet you can't do this or you can't do that, like, that's when the competitive side comes out of me. And that's when I really just start. That's when the best, the worst and the best of me comes out.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, man, we've, we've absolutely loved this chat and we absolutely loved having you. You don't our...
0: understand, Lucas, how much Robbie wanted to be a magician.
1: At, so at, to... and at, at our show. But if, uh, yeah. for, those, for those at home listening, how do they find your stuff? If they want to book you for yeah. something, How do they? Where, where do you exist? Get in touch. Either on Instagram, so
2: that's Lucas Kogaki Magic, uh, Lucas, L-U-C-A-S, Kogaki, K-O-G-A-K-I, Magic, self-explanatory, uh, or my website, LucasKogakiMagician.com.
0: I like that. And he's pulling business cards out of his trousers. Yeah, Easy. There we go.
2: Take care, guys. Thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Lucas Kogaki. I I just (laughs) like saying that name because it rhymes with Bukaki.
1: That's crazy. You like it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, seriously, hey. If you're new to the Funny Business Podcast, we drop episodes four four times a week. Uh, We got pods all the fucking time. We are the best podcast on the interweb.
0: Yeah, we just think of shit and it just pops out. You know what I mean? It's like magic.